Welcome back into the great Scott show, the great sports callers open think tank. Joining me now as he does each Monday morning is Louisiana Ragin' Cajun softball coach Jerry Glasgow. And the Ragin' Cajuns coming off another Sunbelt Conference Series victory. They have uh, won every Sunbelt Conference Series since St. Patrick's Day weekend of 2013. And, uh, Jerry, I know things didn't begin in the series the way you guys had hoped uh, losing that first game, but you bounced back, got two or three. How do you feel right now overall about your team's performance on Saturday and Sunday? Um. Yeah, I felt good. I, I liked I liked Saturday and Sunday. I didn't like I didn't like Friday, <laughs> and, and I like to finish. You know, like you want to finish a game strong, and you know, Kendra had us in a position to win game game one, and we led one to nothing after five innings, and we had several opportunities to put that game further to our advantage, and and we just didn't score the number of runs, and I thought her pitching performance was outstanding for those five innings, and that should have been all we needed. And, you know, looking back on that thing, you know, maybe I should have realized. I didn't recognize it on Friday night, and I'm talking about the loss instead of the wins, but that's that's what haunts you as a coach is the loss, and you forget about the wins. <laughs> but, you know, when I look back at that loss, I didn't realize that the pitch count was as high as it was, and, I probably should have made a move there after us. And I think she was at 125, 130 pitches at the end of the game. And, you know, going forward, I think we got to recognize when we get to about 100 uh, with Kendra, it's time to it's time to make a move. And I blame that on myself. I, I the kid absolutely gave us a tremendous pitching performance. And we just didn't close it out. And, uh, you know, offensively, we could have added two or three runs there. We had bases loaded. One out, you know, we pretty easy score a run there if we just go up the middle of the field. And we just did some things fundamentally wrong. And and I think that's what happens. You know, you get – you win 16, 17 games in a row and then you, you forget how you won them and you get away from the fundamentals of the game. And um, I thought – I was disappointed in that offensive effort that first night. And then, you know, we come back yesterday, uh, Friday, uh, Saturday with a seven-run performance and then – Last yesterday was slow to start, but it doesn't really matter when you score. You got seven innings, and they got it done in the sixth. And um, tip your hat to their pitcher. I thought their young freshman pitcher did a really good job of attacking the zone and mixing speeds and and locating the ball well. So uh, I give her a lot of credit. But I think our offense at at, at that point in the game in the sixth inning, they did they responded much better. And that was why I told them, you know, after Saturday. We were up 7-0, and we let them score three runs. Well, I don't want to give them any momentum. Like, you don't want to give that team any momentum at all going into game three. And, you know, after the game Saturday, I was, you know, like, we got to learn how to finish. we got to learn how to finish games. And and then yesterday on Sunday, uh, you know, they go into the sixth inning up one nothing, the exact same position they've been in the last two nights, and they closed the game in a completely different way. So really proud. I think that's – you know, I think we're getting to be a better ball club each day, and and we, you know, we've got a lot of veterans, but we've also got, you know, a couple kids, you know, Melissa Mayu and and Carly Heath, and we got some kids learning learning too, to play the game at the the way that we want to play it, and then we've also got a lot of new people mixing together this year, 
even though they're veteran players, we're learning to play together. And so I think we're seeing that. I think we're seeing it come together. And overall, I'm pleased. And, of course, Summer Ellison was spectacular um, yesterday. You know, to go out and pitch against a team like that two days in a row, um, I thought she did a, a great job of doing that. Yeah, Summer Ellison uh, was – she was in the zone. And um, for, well, how is how's her leg feeling, Coach? Where is she at physically right now? I haven't heard anything this morning. Uh, I expect her to be pretty sore today. That's what the the, uh, the therapist that worked on her and chiropractor he said she's gonna be she'll be sore, but she'll be fine. Let her she's ready to go. Because I was a little bit concerned about whether we should throw her in that situation. Because you got to think long term here with the postseason coming up shortly. And you know, I said, are you sure we should throw her? Because you know we have other options and. He said, no, throw her, she'll be fine. And so I hope that's the way it turns out. And, and he did a great job of, of getting her ready. Uh, really, I was, I mean, at, at 10 minutes, 15 minutes before game time, we're thinking we're not going to be able to go at all. And, um, yeah, I hope she's fine. I, I don't know. I haven't heard yet, but I'll, I'll hear more later this morning. Well, you know, I hope she's fine too. But if uh, if her leg bothers her a little bit and she has performances like that, coach, you know, next time she says her leg's bothering a little bit in your mind, you're like, well, I hope you're okay, and maybe you could pitch like you did that Sunday against Texas State. Um, that was a good hitting team you guys just played this weekend, and um, I, I think, yeah. you know, to face off against Mullins, who you mentioned the freshman for Texas State, really great stuff, right? Drop ball, rise ball, doesn't give up free bases. It seemed like offensively yesterday you guys were swinging early, you were aggressive, and you got that early run, and for a while there it's it's close. And then Mayu's drag bunt in the sixth in a tie game. I mean, the, that, that sort of began that series of events where Brian then just comes in, cranks it over the scoreboard. Maybe she was supposed to bunt it first and you switched it, but take us through what unfolded yesterday when it went from all right, this is a this is a close game, and you know it's still up for grabs this series. And then you guys end up just really um, taking care of business there, getting seven runs in the six, and then just like that, ball game. Yeah, it just shows how explosive this this lineup can be. Uh, you know, it's a it's a very explosive ball club when they roll and when they get going, and they've got a lot of they've got the ability to hit home runs. They've got the ability to to, to play with speed, um, you know, when you get like the lineup we had yesterday, it was just one through nine. You're fast. Uh, everybody in the lineup is is you know a, a fast player, and so I like that that we can mix it up. And you know, some days you hit, some days you don't. But it's sure nice when you can put pressure on a ball club. And you know, I think what happened there, we I'm thinking. The last two nights we went in there, you know, and we had that one enough to lead Friday night and didn't didn't extend the lead. And I thought I, I saw the first baseman was out of position. I, I thought about it in the fifth when, when Mayu was on deck, look and see, be sure I look and see where the first baseman's at and second baseman's at. And when I saw first base was back and second base was over a little bit more than it needed to be, you you know, she's just really good at buttoning down that first baseline and. Once I saw first base and out of position, it's a pretty easy decision. Just just go ahead and, and put the ball in play. So then when she gets on, and I knew that shook him up a little bit, my first thought was let's let's bunt with Bryant 
and let's put another bun out of here and see what happens. And they'd had trouble fielding a position in game one. Um, and uh, she missed the bunt and didn't look comfortable bunny. And I thought, what am I doing? You know, this is a good hitter. <laughs> and let's let her hit. So I, I flipped it and give her the hit sign. And, and that was lucky, I guess, that we did that. And it shows you how, you know, a coach can mess up really easy. So if I didn't think, goodness, she didn't lay down a sacrifice bunt, we'd have had a run on second one out. Instead, she hits it over the scoreboard. And that was just, you know, what great players do. Great players make average coaching look good. And so, and then we, at that point, we just, you know, I think Alderink comes in, hits a double over the center field's head. She's been red hot. And, uh, you know, I think Alderink's at 570 over the last 12 games, just really having a great three-week run here for us and carrying our offense in a lot of ways. And one of my favorite all-time players because she's so easy to coach and so smart. You never see her miss a sign. You just, she can steal, she can bunt, she can hit, whatever you need her to do, she'll do. And then, so that got the double, and I thought that was critical. You know, just a a lot of times you hit that home run, you know, that kind of empties the bases and ends the momentum of an offensive inning. And uh, for all to step up and get that double was really good. So then Gatorius comes back, and she's excellent at bunting down that first baseline, just like Mayu, same style. You know what? I'm going to let her swing one. I'm going to do it backwards. I'm going to let her have one swing at this thing. And then if we don't get the swing we want, we'll, then we'll bunt and at least get another run on second because you're up 3-1. You're thinking four definitely do it. Uh, three nothing and four runs is – is definitely going to, summer's going to hold four. And so, uh, Jake got a good cut at a ball that if she'd have got it, I mean, she really got a great look at a good pitch and made a good swing and, and, but missed it. Uh, stick to game plan, let's bunt. We mixed in the bunt there and she beat it out for a single. And, and then it just snowballed from there. You know, Rawls is, Rawls had really been struggling, you know, with thinking about things and, just go up there and hack three times. You know, give me three good swings. And and she missed that fastball, and she struggled with a changeup all weekend. But she was smart enough to know the changeup was coming, and she ripped it and gets two RBIs. Um, you know, Jade stole second. Now we're second, third. Now Rawls gets a two-out RBI. A two-RBI hit <clears throat> extends the inning, still got no outs. I'm trying to think after that who come up. Uh, I guess Juice Mills come up then and gets a hit. And then um, behind Juice was Carly Heath, and we again we were second and third. Juice, we get we get a pinch runner and still second, and uh, Carly Heath uh, gets O two, and they throw her a change up and she rips it uh, between. No, they threw change up, change up for strike one, strike two, and then they threw a fastball and she ripped it past the shortstop for two RBIs, and she's been really good for us. Had two home runs Saturday night, picks up another couple RBIs right there, and so we're rolling. And then all of a sudden, you know, you look up and you're like, "Wow, we got we got the we got the win and run. We can walk off right here." And we just laid down a bunt to uh, um, to go ahead there. So Tally was in the middle of all that mixer. She got a hit, and that too was on third base when Jenna Heath come up, uh, Jenna Keen come up, and and we just laid down a short bunt, and and uh, Tally made a good hard slide into home, and the ball come loose. And, and we're out of there eight to nothing. It's like <laughs> no outs. And so it's really one of the funny things. We score one run with 15 outs, and then we score eight with no outs. So 
um, or seven. But just a good inning for our kids and a good way to end the weekend. Good way to start the big week this week with Louisiana Tech coming to town tomorrow night, and then we'll make that trip over to Alabama and uh, get to take on one of the one of the best teams in the country, uh, a top five team on their field, and one of the hardest places to play in the country. I mean, I love to go to Alabama because it's such a challenge to play there. Their fans are a lot like ours, and they really support the ball club well, extremely well coached. So, kind of where we're at right now. Jerry Glasgow, Rage Cajun softball coach, our guest, ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. I'm Scott Prather. You mentioned La Tech tomorrow at 4, pregame 345, right here on ESPN 1420, powered by Learfield IMG College. Next Saturday and Sunday in Tuscaloosa, Coach, um, you, you, you referenced it there a minute ago, but you said one of the. I mean, you is, is it one of the toughest, or do you think it's the toughest environment in softball for it, considering, like you mentioned, um, Alabama is usually one of the better programs. They've got an incredible fan base that will really get on you. Um, you know how great the fan base is here, you know, at, at Louisiana. Um, perhaps they're a little more nice and welcoming here, uh, and, and I, I don't mean that in a in a mean way. Just just to harp on uh, that difficult environment, it seems like you know you want good competition, you got it. You want to try to create or do your best to mimic as closely as possible a, a potential regional-type environment, I think you're going to get it. I mean, having this Bama series scheduled when it is uh, in, you know, in late April in the season, was that strategic on your, point, on your part to get it this late in the year, kind of closer to postseason play, or is it just the way it ended up getting laid out because you wanted to play them and this was the only weekend that worked throughout the whole season? Well, it, we found out from the Sun Belt after the COVID, they redid the conference schedule and give everybody eight conference series instead of nine, which give each team a bye weekend. And so when I looked at our bye weekend, it was near the postseason. And that, that got me excited because I realized that, you know, if we're going to get a bye weekend, it's better now than early in the year. One of the challenges of Sun Belt is facing really good pitching. Um, and, and luckily this year has changed a little bit where you've got Texas State, um, Troy, and South Alabama all have really good number one pitchers. And so we're getting to see some good pitching in our conference. But the point being this weekend, when we realized it was two weekends before postseason, I went immediately to the SEC schedule, and I think I emailed uh, – I think I texted my coach over at Georgia – and said, hey, look on the SEC schedule. Tell me who's got to buy that weekend, the same weekend. And the Georgia coach told me, said, Alabama's got to buy a weekend. So then I, it was really easy then at that point just to contact Pat Murphy and Allison Habits and, and say, hey, we got to buy a weekend. you got to buy a weekend. Let's play that weekend. We'll come to your place if, we can, if you'll play us. And so they were all about it, and uh, it'll be good for both ball clubs. And because uh, they want good competition too, and of course they played Florida last weekend, and and in the SEC you've got you know they're getting top five, top ten matchups on a regular basis. But for us to get a, a matchup this late in the season, this particular time, um, it's really a it's really a privilege for us to uh, have the situation work out the way it did, and we want to go over there and really take advantage of it. Now, as far as Alabama, I can tell you this: 
when I played, you know, when I coached at Georgia, when I coached at Texas A&M, I considered Alabama the hardest place to play on the road in the SEC because I thought the 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 fan base is always phenomenal. And then the way their fans set but low, they set low at field level, and they're right in your face. You know, they're really a good fan base. And they're, they're, they're not a mean fan base. There are a lot of uh, senior citizens, uh, retired uh, faculty. The, the crowd is kind of a 60s and over crowd. So they're a very respectable crowd, but they're very knowledgeable. And they're not, you know, it's not moms and dads, and it's, it's not Little League, you know. Uh, some schools at Georgia, you get a lot of little league, a lot of travel ball teams, and a lot of 12, 13, 14 year old, a lot of 15, 16 year old. That's kind of the fan base at Georgia. When you have a big crowd, it'll be 40, 50% athletes in that high school and junior high age. Well, it's the opposite at Alabama. It's a, it's a very knowledgeable, experienced, mature crowd, but they get after you, you know, and they'll get after the fans and they'll get after the opposing team. In a good way. So it'll be a great atmosphere and a fun place to play, a very difficult place to win because they're well coached. They're very talented uh, always. Uh, and, and they're, you know, they're used to, they're used to good teams. I think they've never been swept on, on a home series at Alabama and the SEC. So that tells you how hard a place it is to play. Number 14, Louisiana at number three, Alabama next Saturday and Sunday. First pitch scheduled for 1.30 in both of those games. I know the weather uh, has other plans sometimes. Hopefully they are played on time at that time, but uh, I know you guys will do whatever you can to try to get them in regardless, as you guys did this past weekend. And uh, tomorrow, don't forget, line to Yvette Girard Field at Lampson Park, 4 o'clock first pitch scheduled, 3.45 pregame. My final question for you, Jerry. Um, about about the Alabama series, if Kendra and Summer are both feeling okay and healthy, do you try to throw? Do, do you start one or the or, and then the other on different days? Do you start Summer in both games? Is that a decision you've even made yet? Yeah, I think we'll we'll get through tomorrow night. So right now, we just want to get a, get a be sure we get a win tomorrow night against La Tech, if at all possible, and then. We'll see how we come out of that game. I'm, I've not even decided how I'm going to do the pitching tomorrow night. I want to. I think I want to get both kids work tomorrow night, um, both Summer and Kendra. Um, I and then we got to start thinking about postseason and how we want to do postseason. I know Summer. It seems like the more you throw her, the better. And of course, we've tried to really limit her innings. And if you look, she's thrown way less innings this year. So I think we got her. But now we may want a little bit more here going down the stretch. And building her up a little bit. So that's one of the thoughts in my mind right now. Is like, And, then of course, that's going to depend on how that hip turns out this week. And, and you know, there's a lot of other factors that we got to take into consideration. Kendra has been absolutely outstanding for us this year, and she's growing as a pitcher. We don't want to take any away from her and, and slow her down either because, you know, she's the future here. So – I got to figure it all out. Uh, logically, I think you'd think let's just start them both one game. Doesn't really matter, I guess, which order if you do that. But then on the other hand, those are those are big games. So if you come out, you know, you have a pitcher has a great performance on Friday or Saturday, whatever the first game, game one at Alabama. You know, you don't want to say anything that you know takes you out of that possibility of keeping the option over just repeating the performance. So we'll. We'll have to figure all that out as we go through the week and 
you know, we got a lot of time to do it, I guess. ESPN1420.com. Jerry Glasgow is our guest right now. Jerry, um, overall, um, this this now is just my final question in general, and it's not as much about Tech or Bama as it is moving forward. I've asked you before, you know, what's the biggest key this week or what's the biggest key moving forward? And um, you always start with pitching. What's the number two thing on that list for you? In your mind right now with how your team's playing, um, you know, uh, where, where you're at in the schedule at this point in time, what you have moving forward, what you know about this team considering health, everything else at 34-7, and seven, what in your mind behind pitching is the biggest key to you guys reaching the goal that you've set out for yourself? You know, probably maintaining a really good focus. Uh, there's a lot of talent on our ball club. Even with all the injuries, we're, I feel like, a very, very talented ball club. So, you know, if we stay focused down the stretch, I think that's the biggest key for us. We cannot lose focus. We cannot... Um, we we try to maintain that level of consistency. And I, I thought like this week on Friday night, I thought that was kind of a result of a lack of focus. You know, we, we get rained out, I think, one night. Next Last week we lost a game. We'd been playing, 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 and we were in such a great rhythm. And then all of a sudden they get that game rained out, and we, you know, we, we weren't able to practice outside. <clears throat> we had rain Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and we needed rest. We we need our ball club needed rest. We needed some time to just slow down, and so we we did that. But at the same time, I think we kind of lost focus, and I just I think that's the reason we our offense wasn't as good on Friday night as it was on Saturday Sunday. Just a lack of the rhythm changed a little bit, the routine changed a little bit, and so then the focus has to be really razor sharp. Um, so that would be what I would say. Obviously, we got a lot of things that can affect our course, or affect our direction, our performance. You know, we can't afford any more injuries. We're we're, we're maxed out on those. Uh, obviously, we need we need our. We're you know it's really unique, and we're really lucky to have two pitchers that are. You know, you look at their records right now. You've got two solid pitchers. Even last year when we had Kleist and Summer, you know, Summer's eleven and one, Kleist is seven and four or seven and five. We didn't have balance there. And this year with with Kendra and Summer, you know, looking at the records, the one's won fourteen and one's won fifteen, or they both won fourteen, but they're really close in their records and then you know, performance-wise, it's really good. They both can strike out people. And, and so I feel really good about the balance of that pitching staff. And then going forward, you know, it'd be nice if we had more games and we could try to work somebody else in. But now it gets down to where we're not playing a lot of games each week. So we got to keep those two kids healthy, obviously. And and then, you know, just keep keep the ball club focused in what we want to do and, and, and how important each single game is. Jerry Glasgow has been our guest. Coach, I appreciate the time. Rage of Cajun softball in action tomorrow against Louisiana Tech at Yvette Gerard Field at Lamson Park, 4 o'clock first pitch, 345 pregame. You can hear it here at Bama next weekend, Saturday and Sunday, 131st pitch in each of those. Appreciate you joining us every Monday, Jerry. All the best, and we'll talk to you again next week, my friend. All right. Thank you, Scott. You got it. Great stuff from Rage of Cajun softball coach Jerry Glasgow.